The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. It's important to note here that the committee issued a subpoena and Hunter Biden is here in an attempt to comply with that subpoena. It is the committee that has rejected the terms that they themselves set out for compliance with that subpoena that that is now preventing a public and due process from happening. So when we try and when folks try to raise things that may have happened with other investigations or January 6th, whatever that may be, witnesses that were called and subpoenaed during that time did not even make an attempt to comply with the subpoena. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. He's here, meaning D.C. He's ready, ready to testify, except that he's not going to do it because it's not a public testimony. He can't have his friends like Eric Swalwell uh, throw him a life vest, turn it into a clown show to provide cover for him. So he doesn't want to go behind closed doors. He doesn't want to testify under oath. And uh, so the circus continues, all this revolving around these these shady business dealings where the Biden crime family just raked in millions and millions from all over the world. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream at TrumpetDaily.com or, if it's working okay, at the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily this is from the daily fetched it says rumble ceo chris pavlovsky confirmed on monday that the free speech platform had suffered an unprecedented attack which he suspects is politically motivated so if you've had a little trouble with the stream at uh, at rumble you're not alone and we're not the only show that's had uh, had some trouble with the stream since uh, Monday, even even the uh, the Trumpet.com uh, website or TrumpetDaily.com, whatever you want to go to, it takes you to the show. But uh, if you're having trouble with the Rumble stream at our website, you can always switch it over to the Trumpet uh, stream there at our website. So just a little uh, side note here before we get off and running. Something uh, to pray about. Of course, it's Rumble that comes under attack. Uh, not YouTube, you know, not Google, <laughs> none of the none of the the heavy hitters, and and also none of the the regime media. They they're always f- just doing fine with their broadcast, but there's a lot of people that want to silence any kind of uh, conservative message or something that doesn't go right along with the mainstream. 
So anyway, coming back to Hunter, who made his appearance, and really it was a dreadful decision uh, on the part of uh, his lead attorneys for him to come out with this, uh, with this statement and to claim victim status. <laughs> hey, look at I'm a, I'm a loving brother who, who slept with his brother's wife, who ruined marriages and families. This is a troubled, this is a troubled man. This is a man who's been addicted. He says he's not anymore. But you know, one of the guys that's there with him at the press conference, one of his attorneys, he, he was the one photographed uh, smoking marijuana on one of Hunter's visits. So the, the attorney with the former drug addict, and he's just smoking from this huge bong on his balcony. These are the people he hangs out with. Look at, if you can show this picture, I mean, how do you, you cannot make this up. There you've got Hunter compromised by the CCP. The guy next to him, Eric Swalwell, slept with Fang Fang, compromised by the CCP. And then the third guy, that's the shady attorney that sold all of Hunter's art, his art to the, the CCP nationals or the Chinese nationals here in the United States. Once the gravy train ran out, once the, the stream of revenue ended, well, they come up with a, a new way to make money from these, these nations, these adversaries of the United States. So Hunter admitted on CBS that were it not for his last name, he wouldn't have been able to make his millions. So he had the last name. That's what they were selling, selling influence. And of course, they know Comer and company are getting close to the truth. And so out comes Eric Swalwell, if you can believe it. Eric Swalwell? He's right there alongside Hunter. And then you've got AOC for her part at the, at the top saying, you know, this is nothing like Bannon or some of those other guys held in cont- actually arrested because they defied the subpoena. No, no, Hunter's not doing that, says AOC. He's, he's there in Washington. He's ready for an open hearing. Where, where Swalwell and company can just turn it into a circus. This, it'll be interesting to see, if, <laughs> to see if Garland's DOJ treats Hunter the same way it has with, uh, with some of the Trump supporters. This is uh, Hunter from earlier today, clip two. Let me state as clearly as I can My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. There he is, moving the goalposts yet again. His father's not financially involved. That's What does that mean exactly? Because uh, we've been told from your father that he knew nothing about your business dealings. He knew nothing about the associates that you had in these dealings. He never met any of them. Now he says, kind of vaguely, he wasn't financially involved. I mean, was he involved at all? I mean, you, you said you couldn't, have, you couldn't have pulled in those millions without the Biden family name. Was he involved? One more clip from uh, earlier today, clip three. During my battle with addiction, my parents were there for me. They literally saved my life. 
They helped me in ways that I will never be able to repay. And of course, they would never expect me to. And in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts. It absolutely did happen. It's, it's right there on your laptop. And, and you've got people to this day so he himself, Hunter, this week, said that, you know, it may not be all Russian disinformation, but, uh, you know, it's, this is how Putin works. He puts some horrible images on your computer, and next thing you know, you're laundering money, and so on and so forth. That was Hunter earlier this week, implying that the laptop still is, uh, it has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Axios says here, the ongoing criminal investigation into Hunter Biden has strained President Biden's relationship with his attorney general, Merrick Garland. How about that? Who appointed a special counsel in August, says only a few long-serving aides feel free to discuss Hunter's situation with the president and only at certain moments, knowing that it can prompt both fury and dejection. See, the fake president, he, he's coming around to understand, to understanding now that, uh, that Garland is Obama's attorney general, not Biden's. Obama, remember, wanted to put him on the Supreme Court. That didn't work out. So the fake president's installed. Obama says, I want Garland as the chief law enforcement agent of the land. And he put him there, and now, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not working so well. This relationship between Biden and Garland. It says here, this is Jonathan Turley, wondering if, if uh, Hunter, the president's son, is going to get the same treatment as uh, Steve Bannon. It was a curious and gratuitous move for Biden and his counsel, Abby Lowell, as they called for criminal investigations into his critics, suggesting lawsuits against media, and even argued that the tax-exempt status of some groups be rescinded by the IRS. Now, so the ta- that's what they used to pursue, anything and all things Trump. Now the tables have turned a bit, and we'll see how Garland's DOJ responds. Lowell categorically refused to turn over material to Congress this week, leaving his client open to a subpoena and possible prosecution. The move may have thrilled hardcore Democrats, but it is the Republicans who should be the most ecstatic with Hunter's initial position. Lowell has declared the oversight investigation into the Biden family's alleged influence peddling as illegitimate and has refused to turn over records related to its investigation. So here's a committee that's seen as illegitimate, quite unlike the January 6th committee, which only had the two rhinos on there so that they could, so that they could make the claim that, look, I mean, uh, Trump was impeached by a bipartisan effort, you see. It was Democrats and Republicans. Well, here you have Republicans and Democrats. Of course, it's a Republican majority now. So Republicans actually have some power to to call them to testify 
listen, we've got all these bank receipts. We've got your father getting direct, direct deposits into his account. We need to know what was going on. Now, you see, with respect to investigations, the regime media, I mean, they take a completely different position. Listen to them covering for the Biden crime family earlier today, clip 16. I think the most important thing that came out of these remarks from Hunter Biden is that he clearly stated in a public forum, uh, really for the first time, uh, that his father was not in any way, shape or form connected to any of his professional life. We can we should reiterate that there has been no evidence at all presented by Republicans that mm-hmm. President Biden had anything to do with his son's business dealings. They're unable to deliver that evidence of which they have not. Jonathan is 100 percent right. There is not concrete evidence that Joe Biden was in any way, shape, or form involved in his his son's business dealings or that he used his influence as a political leader to help his business dealings. What we do know is that there is zero evidence that President Biden has engaged in an impeachable offense. There is zero evidence that President Biden has engaged in any wrongdoing whatsoever. There is zero evidence that President Biden has broken the law. And they can't find a scintilla of evidence uh, to justify this impeachment inquiry. There are no facts, there is no evidence, there is no basis in law uh, for this illegitimate impeachment inquiry. This is a bogus sham impeachment with no evidence whatsoever. The problem here is that they don't have any facts to support their allegations of any wrongdoing by President Biden. It is happening because the puppet master in chief The former twice impeached so-called president of the United States of America has ordered them to launch this impeachment inquiry. It's all Donald Trump's doing. Notice he says they're the so-called president or former president. So-called? So you're an election denier? You don't believe he was president? You still believe that he wields dictatorial powers? That he's forcing the committee in Congress? to go after the Biden crime family? These people, you see, when the tables turn, they really do start to panic. No, what do you know when they all in unison say there's no evidence? What you know, of course, is that there's evidence all over the place. It's everywhere. It's kind of like what they said following the election steal in 2020. No evidence. No, they said it nonstop. It was on an endless cycle. They still say it. Rasmussen came out with a a poll just yesterday. One in five admits 2020 election fraud. This is a survey of voters where one out of five admits, yeah, I, uh, I, I committed fraud myself. About 20% of 2020 voters now claim they took advantage of election laws that loosened up because of the coronavirus crisis to commit fraud, including filling out ballots for others, according to a shocking report being unveiled Tuesday. Just yesterday, one in five admitted, yeah, we relaxed, uh, we relaxed the laws and there's ballots floating all over the place. And um, yeah, I filled out two or I filled out one from a different state or I had someone sign my signature for me. They're admitting this. And this is just the number who admit it. All because of COVID. Remember that? The day or the year that, that the truth 
died. You just can't get to the truth. This regarding COVID, this was the view earlier this morning announcing that Joy Behar is she's out with COVID. She finally got the COVID. And just listen to the friendly, almost humorous banter back and forth over COVID. You know, I'm old enough to remember that COVID was going to kill grandma. That COVID was the worst. It was the worst pandemic, at least in a century. And now listen to the way it's discussed. This is clip uh, five. Hey, hello and welcome to The View. Joy is out this week. You know why? She finally got COVID. Yeah, she's, she's three years, four years in. It finally got her. She can stop bragging now. That's yeah. right. That's right. Her special blood That's type. Right. That. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, she can stop bragging now. Okay. How many people are going to die? Joy's got COVID. Is she, is she masking up? Is she going to get another booster? It, has she been boosted? When's the last time she got boosted? Who does she live with? Who's she been in contact with since she got the COVID? I mean, we, you look at what they put this nation, the world, in fact, through in 2020. And because of the hysteria, because of the, the nonstop scaremongering, something like 100 million ballots were sent all over the place through the mail, just landed in some residences. They got five, six, seven ballots delivered to them. And now you've got Rasmussen saying, yeah, 20% of Americans now admit that they cheated, that they lied, that they sent in multiple ballots, that they sent in fraudulent ballots. Forget about the mules. Forget about the machines. Forget about the censorship. Forget about Hunter's laptop. Forget about the basement candidate who was tucked in the basement because he knew. He knew they had, they had the steal. Forget about Axios and all them predicting how it was going to roll out. And it came to pass exactly the way they said. Forget about Time Magazine bragging, bragging about how they stole it, how they manipulated the system thanks to Zuckerbucks. Forget about all those things. When the rules are out the window, now we find out that just everyday, ordinary individuals in the United States, they'll cheat and commit fraud too. This here, this article, the Washington Examiner, some admitted they voted in states they don't live in, and others said they let somebody else fill out their mail-in ballots, neither of which is allowed. It says, for the past three years, Americans have repeatedly been told that the 2020 election was the most secure in history. Yeah, it's just like with Hunter and the Biden crime family. The regime says no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, just like they did with the election steal. Listen to the, the who should be disgraced, former director of uh, CISA, Chris Krebs. This was from 60 Minutes in 2020, number 11. I did it right. We did it right. This was a secure election. Right. This was a secure election, he said. It was a complete and total steal. And we now see evidence everywhere, all kinds of evidence, including people just candidly admitting, yeah, I cheated. I mean, there were no rules. There was no signature verification in place anymore. I mean, and, uh, 
you know, the ballots were all over the place. Why? I got three or four in the mail. Why not submit two? Why not? I can do it through the mail. No one knows the difference. Every vote counts. That's what the regime was saying. Listen to Krebs again. This was from, uh, I think, one of the talk shows at the time, clip 12. Yeah, there was domestic disinformation, and it continues to this day that is actively undermining the American voters' confidence in the process. And, and I think it's just, it, it's got to stop. Right, the misinformation. You're the one spearheading it. How about that? He's the one that was spreading the misinformation. He was out there trying to cover up the truth. A lot of people, a lot of people fall into that category. This uh, Washington Examiner piece, it says, if this poll's findings are reflective of reality, the exact opposite is true, that it was a secure election, that is. This conclusion isn't based on conspiracy theories or suspect evidence, but rather from the responses made directly by voters themselves. Voters themselves admit it. Everybody knows it happened. Democrats know it happened. They know. Jeffries knows. Jeffrey, they're, they're so, they're so invested in spreading big, massive, monstrous lies. Jeffries will stand there with a straight face and say it was perfect in 2020 and 2016 Trump stole it. Trump stole it. The 2020 election was unlike any other in the history, any other in history as tens of millions of Americans voted by mail due to the pandemic. You know, the pandemic that we just kind of laugh and chuckle about now. <laughs> Joy's not in this week. She can finally stop bragging. I guess, she, I guess her special blood type didn't protect her this time. Funny, funny, ha ha. It says here, the public policy nonprofit group shared its new uh, Heartland Institute Rasmussen Report survey. In 2020, as the COVID crisis grew, several states loosened election laws to allow mail-in voting, vote bundling, absentee voting, and other changes to let those concerned about getting the virus stay away from the polls. They were so concerned that they didn't want to go to the poll to vote because COVID, COVID was so dangerous, so dangerous. It says here, the changes, for, the changes were sold as positive moves to make voting easier, but have since raised red flags. Former President Donald Trump and other Republicans have claimed that Democrats took advantage of the laws to make Joe Biden president fraudulently. Good for the Washington Examiner. I mean, they should just state it outright. They've got to kind of paraphrase Donald Trump. It says here, other surveys have shown that sizable groups of voters agree the election was plagued with fraud, but this is the first in which voters told a pollster that they were involved. <laughs> so 20%, you know, it's, it's, it's not funny, but, but it's laughable that, that so many are still so invested in this big lie. Here's the big lie. Here's the big lie. This, uh, this poll found 30% voted by absentee or mail-in ballot in the 2020 election. 19% of those who cast mail-in votes say a friend or family member filled out their ballot in part or in full. It's illegal. You can't do that. 
you got to you see how this just upended the system, the entire system in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, at, at Maricopa County? Yeah, a friend filled it out for me. I can't leave my house. COVID's too dangerous. I can't go to the polling booth. It's COVID. I might catch COVID and kill grandma. If, she ca- if I catch it and then grandma catches it for me, she's dead. She's gone. None of that banter on The View this morning. No, no. No, no. Joy, you see, she's got special blood. She finally did. She, her, her system finally surrendered to the COVID virus. But she's fine. She's just going to be away from the view for a little bit. No big deal. You see how much propaganda there was all through 2020? It wasn't just with the election and COVID. I mean, lies on top of lies. I saw Tucker this morning, just a little bit of him with Steve Bannon. He was talking about when his eyes were open to this country being under attack, basically. He also uh, paraphrased what it says over in John 8. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. It's the truth that sets us free from all of this deception, all of these lies. Yet my father wasn't financially involved. Let's just move the goalposts a little bit. Let's be careful in how we put together the language. Let's give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room. Make sure that we can wiggle off the hook in case Comer finds more evidence that he was financially involved. We want to make sure the language is vague enough to where we're not committing perjury. We're not, we're not literally or actually lying. This is the way these these criminals behave. It's the way they think. So much corruption. I mean, to say Hunter's a troubled man is sugarcoating it pretty pretty well. This is this is a deranged, immature little boy trapped in a male body who's been living like a party animal for the better part of his life. And he made tens of millions of dollars. How? What was he selling? What did his businesses do? He's admitted on national TV that he couldn't have done it without the Biden family name. So he's admitted as much. I was selling my name. I was selling influence to communist countries even. Wow. (laughs) 17% of mail-in voters said they cast a ballot in a state where they were no longer permanent residents. 17%. I mean, Biden supposedly got 81 million votes and Trump got 74 million. 17% admitted they submitted a ballot in a different state than they lived in. There's a lot of people that should be in jail right now, including Chris Krebs. Heartland officials said they hoped the survey would spark efforts to tighten voting rules before the 2024 election, which is less than a year away. We've played the clips of Bill Barr. Warning of this very thing back before the election of 2020. He got a little hot under the collar with Wolf Blitzer, you remember? This is clip 13. He said, uh, if you expand mail-in voting, this is the president. This is you know, th- reckless. Well, this is a, a you know, sort of cheap talk to get around the fundamental problem. 
which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. Since then, and, and until this proved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since this, since that time, there've been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected he from people who ha could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay? Because that kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, are, and everyone knows it. Everyone knows it, said the, the old Bill Barr. Everyone knows it. And now you've got Rasmussen this, this week. <laughs> Bring in the receipts. 17 to 20%. Yeah, I cheated. It was easy to cheat because there were mail-in ballots everywhere. Play, play, play a little bit more. Let's just be, let's, let's take a stroll down memory lane and then you decide as the viewer. Who's telling the truth? Is it, uh, is it Chris Krebs? Is it Hakeem Jeffries who denies the result of the 2016 election? Or is it Rasmussen? Or is it me? Who, who is telling you the truth? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This is clip 14. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in, in municipal elections. And... Uh, People who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? That's the way we ran it in 2020. And now people are just candidly admitting to Rasmussen, yeah, I cheated, sure. Got four or five votes or ballots come to my off or my house, my office, wherever. I filled them out. I got, I got one from a previous state I lived in, filled it out. Why? Why not? We got to try to get Biden in there. Who really believes that Joe Robinette Biden got 81 million votes? You, you look at him now. Play the clip where he's got Ukraine on the brain. This is uh, later on on the punch list. <laughs> We also need Ukraine to make changes to fix the broken immigration system here. We also need Congress to make the changes to fix the broken immigration system here at home. He got Ukraine mixed up with Congress, which is it's not hard to understand why. I mean, he's got Ukraine on the brain. So many of them do. We need Ukraine to fix our broken immigration system, says the man who's done nothing. He's opened the floodgates. He's invited in Venezuela and Iran and, and, and Lebanon. He's invited in the whole world. And he misspeaks there and he says, you know, we need, we need Ukraine to fix the, the broken border system. Uh, sorry, Congress. Congress needs to do something. These people, they're attacking America from within. America under attack. <laughs> you know all about it. The 800 number, one 930 three zero two four 
Listen again. This is one final clip from Bill Barr before he turned and stabbed the bad orange man in the back. Clip 15. Well, this is playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which as a matter of logic is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. That's uh, Bill Barr from what? What does that say? September 2020. And then as soon as they completed the steal, they needed the election week because they needed to get more ballots. They needed to manufacture more ballots. Then the regime media anointed, including Fox News, they anointed Joe Biden as the fake president on that uh, Saturday uh, afternoon. Pretty amazing history to live through. No wonder you've got Tucker and others going off and just starting their own, their own network where they can just speak the truth and not have the overlords and not have the the Murdoch family sitting on their perch saying, don't talk about the election. Don't say it was stolen. Don't, no, 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 no. COVID, that was, that was legitimate. That was a legitimate disease. Anthony Fauci, I mean, he should be praised universally. He should be praised. Just toe the line. And if you don't, even if you're the number one rated show on cable news, you get the boot. It tells you what some of these higher ups think about the narrative and just how important a false narrative is. More important than your most popular broadcaster. That's right. People people crave to hear the truth they just don't get it from most sources certainly not from the regime media just a steady diet of lies Fox News speaking of Fox they're so excited so excited last night to hear that the what's the governor of New Hampshire endorses Nikki Haley Haley's got a shot Haley DeSantis he didn't quite work out so we're, we're all getting behind Haley, and we're here to tell you, she has a really good chance. <laughs> this is from The Messenger. It says, they say ignorance is bliss. That might explain why former President Donald Trump's primary opponents really don't want to talk about their anemic poll numbers. I'm sick of hearing about the polls, Ron DeSantis said at the fourth GOP debate last week, perhaps speaking for everyone on the Trump-less stage. Trump didn't go to any of those, those debates. And he's gaining. His, he's, his lead is growing. It says here, moderator Megyn Kelly had opened the program by asking the Florida governor if he thought the polls made it apparent that voters don't want him to be president. It was quite, quite the smackdown on Ron DeSantis. Listen to what he had to say, by the way. This is from... I think a CNN town hall just last night, clip nine. So, uh, you know, Donald Trump, so he's, uh, when he gets off the teleprompter now, you don't know what he's going to say. He's a different Donald Trump than 15 and 16. You know, back then he was colorful, but it was really America first about the policies. Now, a lot of it's about him. Debating is the bare minimum that a political candidate should do. And I would note, Donald Trump has refused to debate 
throughout this campaign. He doesn't think he owes it to Iowans. He doesn't think he owes it to Granite Staters to show up and debate and answer questions. He doesn't think he should come and have to answer questions from voters. A lot of times he'll come and give a speech and leave. He's not going to visit all 99 counties. Nobody is entitled to this nomination. You've got to earn this nomination. Trump didn't visit 99 counties. So he went on the counties tour. He had the media following him around. He had the special debate with Gavin Newsom. He's had the media support. He's had the billionaire rhino donors contributing to his campaign. And he's languishing near the bottom in single digits. Single digits. I gave to you the, the, the poll showing that since October, his lead has increased by eight, eight, eight digits. Eight percent. Donald Trump's, that is. And so there's DeSantis going on and on about how Trump's lost a step and he's afraid to debate and so on. And, and we're supposed to continue on, I guess, believing the lie that they all have a, a really good shot. Him, Haley, this article says here, despite the fact that he's facing dozens of criminal charges and recently suggested he'd be a dictator on day one of, this, of his second term, Trump actually gained the most support among Republican caucus goers in Iowa from October to December. That's in Iowa, 8%. He's gained 8% more support during this time when you've had all the indictments and so on. It says here, Trump rose eight percentage points, uh, while DeSantis, who has staked his presidential bid on the Hawkeye State or Iowa, rose three percentage points to 19%. I mean, DeSantis has just poured everything into Iowa, but it's just not registering. Finally, well, this is over at the Washington Examiner, Byron York who says two things are true today. One, former President Donald Trump's polling nationally in key swing states and in the first voting state of Iowa has never been better. And two, Jack Smith, the special counsel appointed by Biden's Justice Department to prosecute Trump is taking self-described extraordinary measures to in a rush to put Trump on trial before the 2024 presidential election. So he's running away in the polls and that's why Jack Smith, that's why the deep state, that's why they're sending in the hounds to try to take him out. That's why we got to bypass the appellate court, go right to the Supreme Court on the January 6th case and get this moving. We've got to convict. We've got to put him in prison. He's a criminal. We played the, the soundbite from Clavicles the other day. The, the Clavicles lady, remember her? How she makes the rounds, who knows? Who knows? how they line up these guests. But as far as the hosts are concerned, she says all the right things. Listen to this, clip 10. You know, I, I want to be careful because I, I do agree, and I have been very vocal about talking about how if he is reelected, it is a step towards a, a dictatorship in yeah. the United States. Um, but since I have last discussed that, he has come out and almost made light of it. And I, yeah. I was on the inside. I do know how Donald Trump likes to message and he messages about things when he's afraid of them. There's everything that Trump says is extremely dangerous. He has said extremely dangerous things for years that have gotten people killed. Um, and as we've reached this next election cycle, you know, I, I truly believe that if he is reelected, then the likelihood that this is the last election that we are voting under our constitution is very, very likely. Everything he says, this, this real estate man from New York, 
Everything he says is extremely dangerous. And he kills people. Yeah. He just murders people, Donald Trump. This kind of hyperbole, this kind, you talk about scaremongering. The same spirit motivates this sort of thing as did the scaremongers in 2020. Gotta lock the polls. Can't go outside. COVID's too dangerous. The vaccine comes along. Hey, the vaccine's perfect. No vaccine injuries, no side effects, nothing. These people have gotten quite good at bald-faced lies. We do need a source for truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth is what sets you free. Speaking of that, when we come back, we'll conclude today's program with our Bible study segment. You're listening to Stephen Florin. This is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. In 1994, Trumpet Editor-in-Chief Gerald Flurry asked, Is Iraq about to fall to Iran? It was a bold statement at the time. But over the next 20 years, this forecast became reality. Today, Iran is the undisputed king in the Middle East. In the early 1990s, we identified Iran as the prophesied king of the south. In the book of Daniel, it says this king of the south will push against the king of the north. These prophecies are being fulfilled before our eyes. To learn more about these incredible prophecies, request your free copy of The King of the South. This booklet examines the history and current events of the Middle East under the light of Bible prophecy. To learn more, please visit thetrumpet.com. We've been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit in uh, doctrines class recently. A couple, three lectures on that subject, in fact. The power, as, as the Bible defines it, there's a lot of people, speaking of misinformation, false doctrine, there's a lot of people in this world that, that talk about the Holy Spirit as a, a separate entity in uh, a three-personage Godhead, three in one, and the Holy Spirit's separate and distinct from God the Father and Christ the Son. Well, there's plenty of verses that talk about God's Spirit, God's power. This is 1 Peter 1 and verse 22. It says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another, with a pure heart, fervently, being born again or, or, uh, or begotten, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, you could add, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's spirit, the spirit of God's love. It lives in us. It lives, this character, this seed of God. God when God converts us to the truth, you can read this in, in Romans 8. It says that His Holy Spirit joins together with or testifies together with your human spirit. And your human spirit, of course, is that spirit component that gives you the ability to think and to reason 
to create, to design. We have a godly type mind. It's going to waste in, in, in most people, particularly today, when Satan's just bombarding us with his immature impulses, his selfish impulses, attitudes, moods, his evil designs. You see it all over the place. But here God says, look, you can be actually impregnated with the Spirit of God, which is God's power. This is how God is able to be everywhere, all at once. <laughs> this is, it's His power that He can project right across the universe at the speed of thought. That Greek word for seed there, it means to sow or by implication parentage. I mean, that reveals a lot about what God is as well. The fact that He's a family. It's not a three-in-one Godhead that's, that just closes off all of humanity. It's a God family, right now composed of God the Father and Christ the Son. And then there's many others that have been or were begotten and have since died and are awaiting their resurrection. Or other begotten children, true Christians today, and soon to be all of mankind. What a hope-filled vision. God's purpose and plan is. In the Living Hope book, this is uh, written by my father, he says, God begets his people with his Holy Spirit. He implants within us his spiritual seed, a part of his very essence. As we use it, that spirit grows and multiplies within us, and we take on more and more of the characteristics of our Heavenly Father. I mean, we've received, assuming we've repented and we've been baptized. Acts 2.38 says, Then you receive the Spirit of God. And that character, that divine nature, will grow. It will grow in you. And soon you'll be, you'll be, you'll be seeing visible fruits. Fruits of the Spirit, as Paul described in Galatians 5. 2 Peter, notice this. This is 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great, and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, we can actually receive the very nature and character of God our Father, just like a, a, a tiny little ovum can receive the very nature of his physical father. I mean, apart from the the, uh, the impregnation coming from the man, I mean, that ovum just has uh, two or three days of existence before the woman expels it. But, but once, I mean, once it's been fertilized, then there's life and there's rapid growth and development. And this is what plays out on the, on the spiritual level as God is preparing us and readying us and growing us toward perfection, toward birth into his family. The divine nature, it says there in verse 4, that Greek word for nature, notice how else it's used in the New Testament, Romans 1 and verse 26, it, for, it says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. We understand what this word means, nature. It says in Galatians 2.15, who are Jews by nature, by nature, 
you know, one Jew, one generation of Jews to the next to the next. That's your, that's your heritage. That's who you are. That's uh, heredity. And what God's trying to tell us with some of these other verses is that, look, he wants us to be glorified together with Christ, like Romans 8, 17 says, to, to experience a birth into the family of God, just like Jesus Christ did. That's a, an awesome calling, the incredible human potential. Mr. Armstrong called it. That was the title of one of his books. In Mystery of the Ages, he wrote this, As yet we are not born divine beings. We are not yet composed of spirit, but, but of physical matter. The divine life has merely been begotten. This divine character starts so small, it's doubtful, if much of it is in evidence, except for the glow of that ecstasy of spiritual romance that we may radiate in that first love of conversion. It says spiritually speaking, but so far as spiritual knowledge and developed spiritual character goes, there's not much as yet. That's why we've got to really, really begin to work. Work out your own salvation, Paul said in Philippians 2. We've got to put in the daily says that in the book of Daniel. Make those daily sacrifices every morning, every evening. Fervent prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. God wants to have a relationship with his children. He's not an absent father. And he gives us all these tools. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, his truth. And he says, now make sure that you pray and you study. Paul told Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 1 to stir up the Spirit of God. That's how Christ lives in us. That's how Christ comes again in the flesh. 1 John 4 and verse 2. But we've got to do our part. That's why Paul said to Timothy, look, you're a little bit down. You're a little bit discouraged. People are falling away from the truth. Okay, but don't forget to stir up the Spirit of God because that's the Spirit of joy. That's the Spirit of goodness. That's the spirit of peace. It's the spirit of love. Notice Ephesians 4 and verse 15. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Speak the truth in love. Let God's love motivate you to be a truth teller to be a truth presenter. What does that tell you about so many of the lies that we just hear on, a, on an endless cycle? Well, there's a lot of hatred and corruption in human hearts, and people are willing to lie and to deceive because of their own selfish motivation, motivations, or maybe it's just pure hatred. Certainly there's a lot of blindness and ignorance that goes with it as well. And those people will have their eyes open to the truth. But they'll also have to come underneath God's government, who, who's going to be the absolute and total final say. His word is truth. And, and everything that we say or do, <laughs> it has to be in alignment with that. Or it's just a fraud. It's a lie. Now, we all make mistakes. We're all sinners. But God says, if you trip up, get up and keep moving on this path to life, abundant living. 
Jesus said in John 10, I'm the way. I mean, there's just the one way. You've got to go through me. I'm like the door. But then God in John 6, 44 says that no one can come to Christ except that I draw him. So God has to perform a miracle. And that miracle, that miracle, that's brought on by the Spirit, the power of God. God can open our minds to the truth. We can see the light, so to speak. And so many of them that do, then they start contacting this church and ordering literature and studying their Bibles as they come to understand and know God's purpose and plan. It's a beautiful, beautiful transition. Conversion. Back up to verse 13. This is Ephesians 4. It says, Until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the the stature of of the fullness of Christ. This is where, it, where it's leading to perfection. Matthew 5 and verse 48. We look to Jesus Christ as our perfect example. First Peter 2 and verse 21. Follow in those steps of Jesus Christ. One final passage, Ephesians 5, 17. It says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is, And be not drunk with wine, verse 18, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Fill up on the Spirit of God. Maybe if I have time. Well, let me just read it. This is Acts 2 and verse 38. It's here in my notes further on. But it says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of, of sins, and you shall receive the gift The gift of the Holy Spirit. God wants to give you that gift. There are conditions to receiving it, but it is a wonderful gift that will open up your mind to the truth and lead you right into being glorified together with Christ. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you next time.